Judy Rebick supports Rabbel because... Rabble's one of the very few spaces anywhere that you get a variety of views. All the new movements that emerged in Canada, whether it was Idle No More, the Maple Spring, the first place they appear is on Rabble. Pull the plug on Harper. Support Rabble today. Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. And welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. It's the first program for 2016. Hold, hold a minute, Giselle. I just saw that you were mic two, not mic one. So you have to repeat all that and, and well, we with the same was... emphasis. <laughs> we thought it would be just perfect to start 2016 with a technical fault. Good morning, hello and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 6th of February. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Moran. Yes, I'm behind the panel, but someone just uh, shifted the mics around. That's, you know, it's a bit early in the year. None of that's true except for he's behind the panel. (laughs) Anyway, on today's program, which is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links and Giselle after will tell you how to get in contact with us every week on your favourite um, a radio a radio station, 3CR Radio. On uh, on this week, we are getting straight into it after a good summer break. A lot of things have happened, so we'll uh, certainly start with our um, news roundup. But in the second half of the program, um, we'll be looking at Fiji. We haven't actually looked at what's happening in Fiji for um, for many months, and um, but they are still under a military dictatorship or a government that's totally controlled by the military. And so you'll be hearing an interview by, um, that I did a few weeks ago with Aman Ravindra Singh, who's a human rights lawyer about the situation in Fiji. That's right, Pierre. There is a lot happening in the region. I will tell you how you can get in touch with us. But listeners, you should know that um, we do our very best to prioritise what we think are the most important issues to bring you on both this program and our blog. You're welcome to send us stories or bring some issues to our attention and we'll do our very best to cover those issues. And to do that, you can write to us at our email address, aawl at aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so also check us out on those social media platforms. But we are going to get straight into the news from around the region this morning, and we're going to start in Pakistan, where two airline workers were murdered. For over a month, workers at Pakistan International Airlines have been on strike over plans to privatise the airline and cart workers' conditions and militancy. In response, the government initially provided military pilots to the PIA to keep airlines, excuse me, to keep airplanes flying. And then, as the workers held firm, it passed the Essential Services Act, curtailing civil liberties. Earlier this week, the Pakistani government went further by brutally repressing a workers' demonstration, with two workers being shot dead and many others injured. Protests against this savagery continue in Pakistan. 
And the latest information that I've heard is that the the strike is still ongoing. So the workers are obviously holding firm. Um, we go to Korea, where um, Korean workers are facing jail and fines. As we brought uh, inf- to you last uh, last year, at the end of last year, workers and other activists staged a series of demonstrations, um, numbering hundreds of thousands of protesters um, to protest against the government. In- the government's increasingly authoritarian measures and legislation to weaken the workers' movement and the right to organise. While these actions mobilised um, huge numbers of people and were very successful, the reaction from the government has been very heavy. Many unionists have been arrested, including the leader of the Korean Confederation of Trade Union, Hang San Kyun, while the government now plans to fine demonstrators as well. Now, of course, Hang San Kyun, uh, unfortunately, has been in jail before for um, union activities and he spent uh, over three years in jail um, because of, of his role in the um, occupation of the Sangyong factory in 2007 or 2009. I can't quite 2009. remember. 2009. And yes. of course, um, he was the leader of the Hansung, uh, the leader of the Sangyong Motor Workers um, Union uh, at the time of that arrest. And at this time, he was the leader of the KCTU. That's right. So our solidarity go out to you and uh, we'll certainly bring more information and organise activities to try and get him out a bit earlier this time. Um, Now looking at Iran where workers are still fighting for their industrial and social justice rights. Last year saw a succession of protests by labour groups spearheaded by the teachers who successfully mobilised across the country. Unfortunately, many labour organisers receive long jail sentences and some, like Shahrukh Zamani, who we've brought uh, information about many, many times, uh, like Shahrukh, many people die in prison due to the harsh conditions. This year, hundreds of workers at the Khatun Abad copper mines went on strike over low pay and insecure employment. In response, the government arrested 28 workers from the smelter division. Yes, uh, incredibly hard situation for workers in Iran. We go um, back to Southeast Asia now where we look at uh, Thailand where we brought a lot of information, a lot of updates um, last year about the uh, about the military dictatorship in Thailand. And, um, <coughs> sorry, and really, over the summer months, there's been no let up by the military junta um, against labour and human rights activists. Uh, recently, a prominent human rights activist, Sirowit uh, Sarithiwat, was lucky to survive an abduction by government security forces. In a separate case, an ethnic minority activist, Maitri Charon Sutkun, from the Lahu community, was recently charged for insulting the military. Workers and labour activists are also increasingly feeling the pressure with labour activists being tried for defamation or being followed and harassed by the military. The International Monetary Fund wants to pay migrant workers even less. Migrant workers are one of the most exploited sectors of the working class around the world. Their conditions have been well documented and we have numerous reports that you can access on our website that talk about this. Governments and employers are taking advantage of their vulnerable social and legal status.
Last month, the International Monetary Fund produced a report recommending that migrant workers be paid less than the minimum wage across Europe. This represents another attack on workers by capitalists who want to make workers pay for the economic crisis that is racking the capitalist system. I found that uh, story incredible there, Giselle. It is is utterly (laughs) consistent with the current attacks on those refugees coming into Europe across Syria with um, small small amounts of property being confiscated and and so on. It's just abhorrent and appalling. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And uh, to our last uh, news item, which is both good news and bad news, Um, at the end, we go to China, at the end of January, four Chinese gypsum miners were rescued from a mine collapse after 36 days that they were buried underground. The rescue effort that saved them was enormous and highly publicised in China, but it could do nothing for a number of other miners, and I think there's up to up to 20 who might have died there. Now, as, as we've previously um, talked about, Chinese mines are among the most dangerous in the world, and it is hoped that greater focus on disasters such as this one in the city of Linhin, Shandong province, will lead to greater health and safety measures. And that's the end of the um, the update from the from the news. We'll go to a couple of community announcements, and then we'll be back with the interview with um, Aman Ravindra Singh on the human rights situation in um, in Fiji. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. It's just on 10 past um, 9 o'clock and um, we'll have uh, some more community announcements at the end of the program. But we'll go straight to the interview that I did uh, recently with um, Aman Ravindra Singh, who is a human rights lawyer in Fiji about the human rights violations in Fiji. There is some background noise, um, especially at the start, but um, it, um, I think the, the quality is still fine. The original coup in 1987 was uh, very much about retaining the Fijian chiefstan's power versus the urbanised Indo-Fijians. Is that still an issue in, in Fiji? Firstly, the indigenous people of Fiji are called uh, Tauke, and the uh, people of uh, Indian descent in Fiji are called Hindustani. Uh, the nationals of Fiji as a collective are called Fijians, so i just like to get the terminology right so they as to avoid any confusion. While uh, the coup in 87 was uh, race-based and about power, uh, the excuse uh, used by the military at that uh, point in time was that um, the Hindustani people were, were getting into positions where they were dominating the uh, way of life of uh, the indigenous uh, Taoke people. However, uh, more or less it was more about uh, power and uh, corruption and the military had to come up with uh, some excuse just to justify their act of stupidity 
uh, unfortunately, in the long run, things have been exposed, and the coup served no purpose, neither for the Tauke people, neither for the Hindustani people. All we were left with, and we are still trying to come to terms with today, and we are still uh, also where thousands of people uh, are looking for answers and still searching, is uh, all the atrocious crimes that were committed at that point in time uh, when the coup was executed. Uh, not to forget that there were two coups in '87. Uh, the amount of uh, torture uh, our citizens were put through, police brutality, military brutality, and uh, just uh, overall um, uh, things which were illegal and wrong, including women who were raped, uh, girls who were raped, uh, and these things until today, unfortunately, have never been dealt with. No one's been uh, before the courts, and the victims continue to be victims. Unfortunately, there's been uh, more coups since um, 87, and the latest one was about nine years ago, almost 10 years ago in 2006. But this time the military came up against corruption. Do you think they were seen more favourably then because of corruption? And do you think that corruption now is less because of the military? First, the, after the 87 coup, there was another coup in 2000. Once again, the uh, military and uh, a civilian rebellion group uh, used the excuse again uh, that um, the people, the uh, Hindustani people, were were again in dominant positions. The prime minister was Hindustani, and uh, uh, that the indigenous uh, Tauke population should be in charge of the country in all aspects of life. However, that again was just an excuse. It was more about disgruntled politicians and uh, businessmen who wanted to have power. Now, the military coup in 2006 uh, had, a, had a different twist to it. The military came into power on riding highly on the back of a clean-up campaign uh, designed to clean up uh, corruption in the country. While they came into power on uh, that particular uh, campaign and saying that they'll do all good, corruption today in Fiji, almost 10 years after the military came into power, is at its worst ever. We have over $500 million worth of un- unaccounted funds. Uh, that is a, quite a conservative uh, figure that I'm giving right now. Uh, if we have the proper audits and uh, proper people com- uh, conduct uh, the right investigations, I'm quite certain we will come up with more. What we've also had is that in the last nine odd years, the military, while being in power, has consolidated its power. Uh, now, publicly, we don't really have the true facts and true figures while they were in power before the elections uh, of 2014, uh, there were no audits, there were no proper accountability, there was never any transparency, while millions and millions of dollars were siphoned out of the public coffers by this government. So at some stage when uh, we will have the ability, I'm quite certain that the rightful uh, investigations will be conducted and we shall have the right answers. And of course, it's not only corruption that's affecting people in Fiji, the human right abuses which you mentioned that since 1987 have not been investigated have actually continued under this latest uh, military government. So where is the situation at now in Fiji? Currently in my role as, as a human rights lawyer and a human rights defender, the one issue that I am very strongly canvassing and uh, championing right now is the violation of human rights uh, in, in Fiji. And when I say violation of human rights, uh, at the top of this is police and military and prison uh, state security agency use of uh, violence and torture to brutalize our citizens, um, the continuous uh, and constant uh, violations of human rights of prisoners, of uh, accused persons, 
and just normal members of society who, if they are suspected of something, are taken into uh, the stations or to military camps, and uh, obviously their rights are violated from the moment they are taken into custody. Now, this is a huge concern, uh, not only for myself, but my people back home. And this is why I am uh, uh, doing my best, uh, level best, to expose and to tell the international community that this is carrying on in Fiji. Uh, and the sad part about this is that the international community sing praises to the local government in Fiji, to the Fijian government, while all these human rights violations are taking place uh, literally under their noses. Uh, so my question is, how can uh, human rights violations continue to be committed by the Fijian government much under their watch uh, and at the same time have um, international communities uh, say positive things about the Fijian government. As far as I'm concerned, any violation of human rights, uh, any violation, no matter how serious, no matter how small, is a violation of human rights. We, the Fijian people, uh, do not, cannot live uh, in this manner while, uh, while governments such as uh, those in Australia and New Zealand continue to champion human rights for their own populations. They look the other way when it comes to a violation of human rights for us Fijians. Is, is it a point that... Uh, the Australian government places more emphasis on its trade uh, and Fiji as a trading partner, that they, re- that they uh, at the same time compromise the human rights of us Fijian citizens? I mean, is that the question? Or is it that as Fijian citizens, my human rights is uh, of a lesser degree compared to the average Australian citizen? I mean, it's appalling and it's uh, an embarrassment that uh, the Australian government acts in this uh, manner. And this is how they treat people uh, like us uh, who just live in the neighbourhood in the Pacific region. Do you think now that there is a climate of generalised fear and repression in Fiji? Oh, very much so. In fact, uh, the level of fear is so deep within Fijian community, uh, and this uh, has been very successfully carried out by the military regime in the last nine odd years, uh, and they have consolidated their position riding on the back of the extreme levels of fear that continues to exist in the country amongst the, the civilian population. One of the groups in the the last few years has tried to speak up against the uh, repression has been the trade union movement and some of its leaders. Some of them have been arrested. They have suffered human rights abuses themselves. Do you think that currently the trade union movement has been neutralised by the military in Fiji? Well, the military regime has tried its uh, very best to neutralise the military, uh, the trade union movement in Fiji. Uh, however, I'd like to pay my respects and uh, say a huge thank you to the two leaders who have continued to find, fight their, the battles uh, at uh, every uh, possible opportunity. The president of the Fiji Trade Union Movement, uh, Trade Union Congress, uh, Daniel Urai, and the sec- general secretary of the Fiji Trade Union Congress, uh, Felix Anthony, have been at the forefront of fighting for uh, workers' rights and labor rights, and they continue to do so. Uh, Daniel Urai was arrested uh, at one stage in 2014, uh, 2011, and he was kept in prison for 11 days. He was charged with inciting political violence. I was his defense counsel. Last uh, year, the, the, the prosecution pulled the charges. In effect, there was nothing, and it was only done to in- intimidate uh, Harris and threaten him and to neutralize him. Felix Anthony was also arrested and kept in custody for 10 days. Uh, he was also tortured by a military on at least two occasions where he was uh, badly beaten. He still bears the scars. He still has injuries to show. Uh, but he has also continued to fight a very good, uh, dedicated and committed fight, not only for workers' rights and labor rights, but for human rights in the country. 
The only movement which continues to fight um, for Fiji to be free is the trade union movement. And while the government has continued to try every effort to neutralize them, currently Fiji is uh, ranked in the top world's, uh, by the ILO in the world's top three uh, as the worst violators of labor rights. Now that tells you a lot about where we are as a nation. We've got laws in the country which are so draconian against workers' rights uh, designed to smash uh, the trade union movement. There's a commission of inquiry on the brink of entering Fiji and uh, all being set up to investigate Fiji by the ILO. So on the labor and uh, workers' rights uh, side of things, things are really, really nasty. In terms of the government and, and the military, do you think the Fijian government and the government or the military regime of Banyanarama is trying to create a similar role for the military as in countries like Indonesia and Myanmar where basically the military controls not just the politics but the economic side of, of the country? Uh, yes, I agree with uh, what you've uh, just stated. Apart from not having uh, people in uniform sitting in parliament, we have uh, we obviously have people uh, who used to wear uniforms uh, from the military who are, who are sitting in parliament. And what we have also effectively had since the first military coup and in the last uh, nine odd years with the current military regime is the militarization of uh, the government. So we have a police force which thinks literally that it's a military force and their actions are that of uh, committing brutal, brutal acts against our people. Uh, we have a military force which has no respect for its people and they have uh, in fact uh, uh, been even victims who they tortured uh, have been killed. Overall, right from 87, there are over, I'd say, at least over 35 deaths which remain unexplained where people were brutally tortured and they lost their lives. There is a continuous move by the military or the regime in total whereby they continue to torture and brutalize our people so that they also send the right message that uh, if you ever do something this will be your fate and uh, that is what exactly contributes to the climate of uh, general climate of fear which I also mentioned it's not just an overall climate of fear but it's a climate of fear which is very deeply entrenched within the Fijian uh, psyche at this point in time back in Fiji. As a final question, you're part of a, a new organisation called the Freedom Movement. In terms of 2016, which has just started, how do you see things developing on the human rights um, front and what um, projects, what initiatives do you think can be formed in Fiji during this year? Well, we have uh, created Freedom Movement uh, at the beginning of this year and uh, our objective is to get uh, to be seen more uh, publicly and to also spread the message uh, amongst the Fijian population that it is very important that we show our dissatisfaction to the military regime in Fiji because if we sit back and look the other way, then the only thing we are doing is we are encouraging the wrongs in our society which are which have been there for the last three or decades. And we are also encouraging the military regime to continue doing all the wrong things that they've been doing, including severe violations of basic and fundamental human rights, and uh, that the people don't care or that the people have accepted what is going on. And the, one of the biggest things is that uh, our silence continues to encourage the military regime in Fiji by telling them that we have accepted what you're doing. No, our silence is not telling you that. But un unfortunately... By being silent, and I, this is an appeal to uh, every person out there uh, 
uh, not only who is Fijian but also who has interest in Fiji, that if we continue to be silent, then our silence only encourages the military regime to further consolidate their position and to further do the, the wrongs that I've pointed out. All right, thank you very much, and we certainly wish you all the best, and we'll um, keep our listeners abreast with what's happening in uh, Fiji. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity, and it's been a pleasure. A new illustrated book by Elena and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or pick up your copy at the station. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It's just on 24 past 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio and listening to Asia Pacific Current. And um, you were just listening to a, um interview with Aman Ravindra Singh, who's a human rights lawyer in Fiji. And as you would have um, heard, the situation in, uh, in Fiji is quite dire. So um, we certainly um, wish uh, Aman and uh, all his um, supporters and comrades all the, all the very best and will certainly bring uh, more um, information updates about what's happening in Fiji um, throughout the year. So in the closing minutes of our very first program for 2016, I just wanted to announce an event that is coming up later today. Um, at two o'clock today at Trades Hall in Meeting Room One, there's a special union meeting that has been organised by the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism. This meet, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that's all right. I'll take it up. The 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 meeting is actually I better stop the microphone there. You can cough as much as you like now, Giselle. Um, the meeting is organised by Campaign Against Racism and Fascism, and it's really about. Uh, the campaign against all the new far-right groups that have uh, come up in Australia over the last year and how the union movement and workers can get involved and the importance of the organised labour movement to get involved as um, as obviously um, workers have the social power to defeat these far-right movements and as history has shown over and over again, these far-right movements are the enemies of the working class. They basically are an instrument of the bosses and they will uh, certainly go for us and um, our wages and our conditions. And they're really as a, as a, as a wedge to divide uh, our, our movement. And the working class movement is really based on, um, on unity and solidarity. 
Welcome back, Giselle. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. So that is at 2 o'clock today at Trades Hall. Make sure you get along. There is going to be a range of um, officials and and other rank-and-file unionists participating in that discussion. And hopefully there will be good discussions afterwards as well, which I always find a public meeting is often the best thing about it as well. In the coming weeks, we're going to advertise some other events that are coming up. Particularly, I'd like you to mark your diaries for another counter rally that is being organised in Bendigo. The UPF are having another racist, fascist rally in Bendigo. So mark that in your diaries, the 27th of February. And and of course, we better give our best regards to anyone around Canberra who's going to the counter demo today That's right. in Canberra, <laughs> uh, organised by Reclaim Australia and with Pegida, the German far-right group. And what I found out in the last few days is that Pegida is actually trying to form a basically worldwide movement with them at their forefront and they've actually called for demonstrations in at least 12 European countries and of course they're here in Australia as well. And so begins our year of struggle, comrades. That is all we've got time for on Asia Pacific Currents this morning. Um, Stay tuned. Well, we'll be back next Saturday from 9 o'clock, but stay tuned now for I do believe it is Palestine Remembered. That's right. And it's uh, all for me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna. CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.